as we know, websites and other things use what they call choice architecture to put things in front of people to influence their choice. Now that could be benign. It could be done in a very negative way to get people to choose wrong choices, or it could be done in a way um, to get people to choose things that are most financially beneficial to companies. So um, it's a very, very interesting way to get, especially in our industry around, you know, we talk a lot about site optimization and personalization. It's the whole economics and theory behind choice architecture and how choice, how that choice architecture greatly influences the decisions that people make. And it's not just about consumers. It's, it's everything. Um, it's, it's about the schools you choose. It's about um, everything from how you fly a plane and drive a car. There's been deliberate choices about what to present to you that influence how you make decisions. So, Welcome to 33 Tangents, a weekly podcast featuring a rotating panel of co-hosts that all work together in the same company but live in different areas of the world. The discussions cover a wide variety of topics from digital analytics to working remotely to current happenings in business and technology. Our regular day-to-day conversations often go off in various directions, and the goal of this podcast is to share our ideas and find new ways to engage with others. And there we go. So what's going on? What's new? My stomach's telling me I'm hungry. And I think we've brought this up on multiple episodes into <laughs> the fact that sometimes I'm eating during episodes. Yes. Uh, you know, it's it's nice outside. I, I posted on social this morning. I'm uh, struggling with focus and I have so many things I need to get done. <laughs> and typically I just stare at my keyboard and get angry. Uh, today I walked out and sat on the back deck and just kind of chilled for a minute. Um, nice. Enjoyed the 70 degree weather while we can, while it's not 100 degrees. So. Mm-hmm. And super excited. I think this will air after the, the case, but um, we'll be in Vegas next week supporting Jen, who is speaking at the Marketing Analytics Summit, uh, which will be awesome. She's got a really great presentation lined up. Um, so super, super excited about that. Yeah. So this will this will air when um, while you guys are out there. OK. Yeah. So that's what uh, that's what I have going on. Nice. You know, talking about food, um, you know, I, I've gotten, I, I've been doing the, the intermittent fasting. Oh yeah. I was going to ask you about that for, for about a month now, just over a month. So like in the last year, my diet has gone to crap. Yeah. Uh, just like a lot of stuff going on in my personal life. So just like that, 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 that really went by the wayside and I put on a good 25 pounds. And it's funny, like I, I look back at some of the videos we, we recorded at the beginning of last year, and you look at the early this year, you see a complete difference in my face. Like mm-hmm. that's how noticeable it was. And I needed something to change. And it's like there's sometimes like just the universe slaps me across the face with with, with a message. And you know, listen to a couple of things where the topic came up and people were talking about it. And so I started reading up on it. And I had experimented with it a couple of years ago, but just really just got out of the habit really, really quickly. Um, but this time I'm like, I'm going to go full bore because I'll be honest with you. Like when, like I've told you about some of the autoimmune issues I have yeah. and, um, you know, just like there's sometimes like, I feel like I'm better when I don't eat, believe it or not. No, I, I feel you, man. I, I feel so much better when I don't eat. 
And so like, I was like, this is just another sign. So I, I really committed to it hardcore this time. And it's not like I'm not eating. I've just really put together a strict window, which I'm doing it. So um, yeah. I have my first meal at noon. So I'm more or less just skipping breakfast or any kind of snacks there. I drink black coffee in the morning, but I have my first meal at noon and then I don't eat anything after 7 p.m. So that's a 17 hour fast. And they that's, say like impressive for it to really be effective. You, you really need to um, like, you need to fast more than 12 hours. They say 16 is, is really a good spot. I am not ready to do like the 24 hour fast that I've heard people do. I'm not ready for that. Maybe, but like right now I'm telling you, like when with it, like my mental clarity is there. Um, the energy is, is there and I'm already down 10 pounds. Yeah. Now, now a lot of people say, and it's true. It, it, it's water weight that first, first bit, but the, the, I'm feeling better with it and I'm just feeling better better overall and one of the things was is the bad habit i've gotten into over the last year is is like having a snack right before bed like you know mm -hmm. when we're getting ready to go to bed locking up the house making sure everything all the lights are off i'll go in the kitchen and cold for me it's cold cereal i'm like i crave cereal like 10 o'clock at night yes exactly like i i'd have a couple handfuls of cheerios or a little something more um, or it'd be like a Friday night, Susanna go to bed and I'm just like, I need some time by myself to decompress. And next thing you know, I'm right in the fridge. So really the two major adjustments is I've cut that out and I'm not eating breakfast. Um, so, but where this was going was, is like, yeah, I, I make sure to eat now, like at noon. So like for me, we start recording at 1 PM. So yeah. whereas like there were times before where like, I'll eat something earlier and then just as we start to record, we start talking about food and like, now yeah. I'm hungry. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but no, it's, 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 it's interesting. Like I do, like when I'm, when I'm on this, like it, when I'm doing this right, like I, it's just, it's weird. It's the weirdest thing, but I feel better when I don't eat. I, I mean, I think there's something to be said about the, the structure of it and, and making eating more of a deliberate activity rather than, you know, especially in our fast paced life, which as a work culture, we're, we're working very hard to slow down, but, but food becomes just like this pattern of consumption and sometimes overconsumption and too mm -hmm. fast. Um, I, you know, definitely there in, especially in your case, I know there's some specific food sensitivities, but I think in general, just being more deliberate about it. Um, there's something to be said about it. I, I haven't read a lot on the topic. Um, but I did do, I did a survival training and, uh, we, we brought backpacks and I had mine all loaded up with snacks and foods and they, we, we, we got dumped out into this field and they took our packs away and they stripped it down to just the bare essentials and said, there you go. Good luck. We went on a five mile hike out into the middle of the wilderness and said, okay, you know, we'll, we'll see you back here in three days. And we lived on bread orange orange like oranges and water for three wow. days and it was incredible the mental clarity and actual energy because mm -hmm. we didn't just like lay around while we were out there like it was hard work and navigating and finding our way back like it, it was a they almost took us blindfolded because it was the middle of the night marched us out into the middle of nowhere and we had no idea where we were 
you know, and we had compasses and map paper maps and had to figure out how to navigate our way back. It was, it was a lot of incredibly hard work, but the energy and the mental clarity was insane. And when we got back, they had a fantastic full dinner prepared for us. And I can't begin to describe how amazing it was to just slowly eat that and taste tastes and flavors i felt like i've never tasted before you know savoring every little bite yeah it's funny you bring up slowly eating because that's one of the things i noticed the other day i'm like i'm actually eating slower i'm not just inhaling my food and and it's just yeah it's not on this like endless consumption because yeah, you're right. Like that—that's what it's doing. It's—it's it's making me more deliberate in in what I eat and when. And yeah, it's it the mindless snacking at night when it's just like yeah, you know, got that urge for for something sweet at nine thirty right before you go to bed. Yeah. And so like you know, I, I read like two books on this before I really did it because again, I'm I'm hearing a lot of people talk about it, and it's what I'm seeing is it, it's it's a way people are using to combat the standard American diet. Mm -hmm. Because when you have a small eating window, um, like a small window where you're going to, to, to consume your food, you need to be specific about what you're doing. It's like, do I run and get that McDonald's sandwich? You know, the, the hamburger and fries from McDonald's. Do I go to the sub shop to get, get a, get a sandwich or, that amazing Do I have Philly bread? Come on now. <laughs> I, 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 I can't eat that either way. I, that, 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 um, but I, I'm um, sorry. No, no, no. But like what I'm saying is, is like, yeah, what that, what you do is that becomes a treat with the days that you do do that. But like on your regular days, it's like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to make sure I have this prepared or I have that prepared, or it, it's going to be something, something specific. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's interesting, but yeah, like I'll tell you this, the mental clarity yeah. is, is, is amazing. It, it really is, is worth the effort. And not, and again, not only the mental clarity, but enjoying actually the process of eating and the taste. And I've actually started using my phone and I'll set a timer. I'm like, I can't finish until this timer stops to force me to slow down and like mm-hmm. experience every bite rather than just, you know, shoving in my face. All right, let's go back to work. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been good. One, one other thing I want to call out before we get to the topic of the day, and I think there's a good segue here so we can come back to it, but I did want to mention how much I, I appreciate everybody listening to the, to the podcast. Um, I, I attended my sister-in-law's funeral on, on Monday, uh, and we were kind of reminiscing about different things. And one of the last times I saw her, she, she mentioned how she listens to the podcast. She's like, I don't know what the hell you guys are talking about on there. It's like, <laughs> it's over my head, but I'll tell you, I never miss an episode. Uh, you know, so it's, it's humbling and awesome that people even listen to us banter and talk about, yeah. about nonsense sometimes about highly technical stuff other times. So I just want to say thank you to, to everyone that, that listens. Um, it's incredibly meaningful that people will take time out of their day to, to listen to the two of us chat. Agreed. Agreed. So anyway, back to our regularly scheduled uh, programming discussion. Yep. Um, so you, you, you were talking earlier about like taking some time to, to clear your head and, you know, you went out to, to the patio for, for a little bit. And um, one of the things I want to talk about, like it's the summer, right? Mm-hmm. Let, let's enjoy the summer. Last week we talked about like fun spots to go work. Yeah. Um, this is also the time of year when people take trips and, you know, one of the things they do is they'll take 
you know, they, they've got their summer reading list. You know, when we were in school, you had your summer reading list. Um, you know, and a lot of people have now continued that into to adulthoods where it's they, they sit down, they, they bring books to read on the beach if that's where they're going or wherever they're at, like the downtime to, to read. So we did this a couple of years ago. I want to talk again, like, like books that you would either recommend or you have planned to, to read this summer. I've got a few on my list, but like things that, that we could recommend or we, we're excited to, to dig into um, in the coming months. Yeah. Well, I should be cheesy and say, you know, you should be reading A is for analytics for your, <laughs> to your kids. Um, but I have a, a huge list. And before I get into that, I do want to call out just because it's incredibly fun. He lost sent me a book. Um, it's called, am I overthinking this? Ooh. Okay. Um, but it's really incredibly clever and fun. And let me just pull up uh, a fun example. Um, the, the, the author of this book um, basically has built um, data visualizations using household items about the things that the data visualizations are about. Mm -hmm. So this page 72 is titled, Can I Keep It Alive? It's about keeping your plants alive. And you can see there is a chart using a picture, and it's hard to focus here, um, that shows... Um, basically it's level of responsibility versus number of living things in your home. And it's using this water vessel to lay it out. Anyway, it's just a super fun book. There was one up here. Oh, I like this one. Can I injure myself while Q-tipping? And it's got Q-tips and it's got this kind of chart showing how deep you should put a Q-tip in your ear, but it's using Q-tips as the line on the, on the chart. This entire book is that way. It's so cool. Okay. Um, so if you're into data and data visualization, something a little lighter, am I overthinking this? It's just a fun, fun data, data visualization book that is really creative. Anyway, so I'm going to plug that. Yeah. So I'll, I'll kind of start through my list, but I'll, I'll kick this off. And I've mentioned this on previous episodes. I've got a bit of a problem of uh, what the Japanese call Sindoku. Sindoku. This is where you buy books that you never read. <laughs> so, I've got that problem. <laughs> I have both a physical nightstand with a pile of books that someone's mentioned something like, oh, that sounds interesting. Amazon, one click buy, shows up the next day uh, that I've never got through. And I also have, I don't have it in here, a Kindle full of books that, you know, anytime someone recommends something, it's like, oh, well, I got to go buy that. And I rarely get to it. And I'm, and I'm to the point where I'm okay with it. I'm okay that I have the Sundoku problem. Um, so a couple of books, and I'm pulling up, I'm pulling up my Kindle because that's where I do most of my reading on the e-reader. Mm -hmm. um, I love, um, I love collecting physical books just for the the design and the style and feel for them. Uh, but I enjoy reading. Uh, on the e-reader the most because I like highlighting and taking notes and the ability to search um, those notes is so much not, <laughs> so much easier digitally. So I end up doing the bulk of my, my reading that way. Um, so I'm current, I currently just finished the elements of choice, uh, which is a, a fantastic read, especially for our industry um, written by some economists about how, as we know, websites and other things use what they call choice architecture 
to put things in front of people to influence their choice. Now that could be benign. It could be done in a very negative way to get people to choose wrong choices, or it could be done in a way um, to get people to choose things that are the most financially beneficial to companies. So um, it's a very, very interesting read to get, especially in our industry around, you know, we talk a lot about site optimization and personalization. It's the whole economics and theory behind choice architecture and how choice, how that choice architecture greatly influences the decisions that people make. And it's not just about consumers. It's, it's everything. Um, it's, it's about the schools you choose. It's about, um, everything from how you fly a plane and drive a car. There's been deliberate choices about what to present to you that influence how you make decisions. So that is a, a really interesting one. Um, that I just finished. I'm currently reading a book called um, How to Heal Our Racial Divide, uh, which is a fascinating read um, written by a uh, ex-NFL football player um, who's now a pastor of a multi-ethnic church um, congregation um, that that is taking a Christian view of the racial problems that we've faced throughout humanity. Uh, mm-hmm. It's very interesting. It's a very, I think, a very good read. Queued up for the summer, um, I have a book called Multipliers. Okay, I've heard of that one. Um, I think you may have recommended this one or someone did, uh, The Infinite Game by Simon Sinek. That uh, wasn't me. Okay. Um, uh, product-led growth and a few others, but those are the ones that I have currently keyed up. By the way, one of the ones I just finished that I highly recommend um, uh, by Matt Parker is a book called Humble Pie, P-I. The subtitle is called When Math Goes Wrong in the Real World. Um, A very, very entertaining and also educational read on how mistakes in math and equations could have very serious um, and sometimes funny consequences. Mm -hmm. So. I think that's a, a good book. Um, if you're looking for something more related to the day-to-day of, of what we do, that is also a very good read that I would highly recommend. What about you? Um, so there's three I have on our list to, to talk about now. Um, so the first one's a reread. And I'm actually trying to get into the habit of trying to read this every other year, every 18 months or so. And it's Chris Voss's Never Split the Difference. You sent it to me a couple of years ago. I read it. And then I reread it again last year when he came out with his masterclass. And I mean, there's just some really good practical exercises and practical skills that are, that are taught in there just, just in life. It's just so good. So like what we were talking about before we started recording, like trying to like, you know, having those, those moments where, um, because like, I had one just before we jumped on, I was trying to calm myself down, like relax, be okay. But like, we have that nature of just like kind of getting stuck in the moment and getting fired up for the wrong reasons and whatnot. And, um, it, part of it is, 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 you know, being very methodical and unemotional. You have negotiations. Uh Oh. Um, okay, you're muted, but there we go. I think we're back. Oh, you're back. I lost you yeah, for a minute, and then the display changed. Yeah, that was, that was weird. Weird, uh, but still recording. Um, but uh, what it is 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 like you know he talks about like there's negotiations in every part of life, 
whether it's buying a new car, salary negotiation, or just, you know, you know, figuring out what you're doing for dinner, <laughs> uh, you know, at night, like, what are you in the mood for? What am I in the mood for? And, um, and he makes a good point that a successful negotiation is one where both sides feel like they've walked away with something where they both feel they won, you know, not the, the zero sum game, um, approach to it. So I think it's always, it, it's really good. His masterclass is phenomenal. Oh my gosh. So, and good. like my brother-in-law's read this book and like, I think it's time for me to kind of go back and refresh just even some of the basic skills he teaches in the beginning, you know, mirroring and, uh, like an accusation audit, things like that, that just become, you know, if you make them part of like your natural conversation, it, it doesn't, you know, you're the person you're talking to doesn't feel, um, like you're trying to manipulate them, even though yeah. you kind of are, you know, you, but you know, everybody wins. So again, it's, it's a great book. I'm rereading it. And, and I'll say this, like I, I, I split my time between actually reading books and, and audiobooks. just mm -hmm. sometimes with like on the go, um, right now I'm training for another half marathon this fall. So I try to go out and do a few miles in the morning. I'll pop the audiobook on. And I'll listen to to a chapter or two while I'm doing that, or sometimes when I'm doing work, I'll pop the the book on and listen while while I'm working. Um, so that's one way of trying to 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 to, to consume what you know the information. But then, yeah, having the book, whether it's an e-reader or a physical book, I like to actually sit down and relax. With. Yeah. So, so two things before you carry on with your list, you reminded me, I'm also, I also have a pretty big audible library. So yeah. I'm, uh, when I work out, um, I'm listening to Kenji's food lab, which is an, okay. if you like food and you like the science behind it, he's an MIT graduate. Um, it is such an incredibly interesting read. Um, but going back to, um, never split the difference. I will, you know, give that a thumbs up as well. Like everyone should read this book. It applies to everyone. And it is such an informative book. And he's such a great storyteller. And also his masterclass, like sometimes I'll just play it back just to hear him talk. It, there's something about his presentation that is so soothing and calming to listen to. He is phenomenal. And to touch on your point of rereading, um, I, I'm such a fan of it. Um, and I think Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance is the book I've read the most around seven times. Um, and there, there are people that take the stance of if you're reading the same book twice or watching the same show twice, you're wasting your time. I could not disagree more because I've never read the same book twice. Every time I've gone back and reread a book, I've been at a different place in life. I have different experiences. I have different challenges. And it's almost like I'm reading the book brand new for the first time because I'm looking at it from a different perspective. So I'm a huge fan of reconsuming, especially mm -hmm. good content. Yeah. Um, so then the next one uh, to bring us back to you know, the topic of uh, Sundoku. Um, this is one that you recommended two years ago. I bought it and haven't read it yet. And I'm committing to reading it this year. And it's Yvonne Chouinard's Let My People Go Surfing. Oh, good one. So I, I, I am committed to getting that one in this summer. I, I, I'm really excited for you to read that one because I'm hoping there's a lot of light, mo light bulb moments in that where you're like, oh, I see where Jason got that idea. Or, oh, I see why we do some of the things we do at 33 Sticks now because mm -hmm. I, w I will not apologize for stealing a lot of stuff from Yvonne yeah. Chouinard. So. Yeah. And I mean, like I go back to like, I think this one's going to be on the level of like the thank you economy, which I read at your recommendation like six years ago. And again, like 
you know, that book with, by, by Gary Vaynerchuk, uh, while he wrote it, you know, a, like, I, I want to say like in a different era of social, uh, social media and anybody who reads it, you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, but while some of the mechanics have changed, the overall concepts remain the same that, you know, listening to, to your hardcore fans, being aware of what your hardcore fans are saying out in a community setting is, is crucial. So that's why I'm excited about, uh, about this one. Awesome. Yeah. I'm excited for you as well. Um, and then the last one, like, this is one, like there's not anything specific about the book. Um, and it wasn't recommended by anybody. It just, it, it literally jumped out at me. Um, so I'm like, again, I think this is another time the universe is slapping me in the face to do something. Um, it's a book called the effortless experience, uh, subtitle being conquering the new, uh, battleground for customer loyalty. Interesting. Yeah. How, uh, how, how did you come across that? Just searching through, yeah. through, um, through Amazon, okay. you know, looking at like, you know, the client experience, customer experience titles. And, you know, a lot of them are focused more on like call center setups and, and things like that. This one kind of jumped out as something where it's like the idea, the concept, or at least what I'm reading, uh, reading into mm-hmm. looking at the cover, looking at, you know, like the, the, some of the notes around it, more around the concept of, of, of creating raving fans and, and Ooh, how you can I make like it repeatable. Yeah. So at least that's what, again, there's, I don't know anything about this book. It just jumped out at me. Something said, read it. Um, I'll let you know when, when I'm done it, but, uh, that's what I'm getting gathering just by the summaries in the cover. Okay. I, I am super interested in, uh, in what you come up with there. I'm pulling up my list cause I think there's a couple others I need to mention because when you said that, I think I came up with one other that I, I definitely want to get through. Uh, no, I have three others. So I can't remember who recommended this. I need to start taking better notes. So someone recommended weapons of math destruction. Ooh, that sounds like fun. Um, that I have on my list. And then Ben Gaines recommended one. I'm trying to figure out where I have it. Um, maybe I have it in my audible library. Uh, he recommended one that is, uh, around the science of, um, how grocery stores are laid out. Oh, I've heard people talk about this before. Um, I know exactly what book you're talking about. Uh, why we buy. So I'll have to, I'm interested. Like, yeah, I'll, I'm super interested in, in that. And then one that I'm, I don't read a ton of fiction, but especially in high school, I was such a rabid, uh, Stephen King, uh, reader. Um, I loved reading Stephen King and there's a few books of his that I still just absolutely will read and read and reread again. Um, but so I was back home, um, earlier this week and there's a, a little dive hamburger joint, one of these places where you walk up and order, um, like there's nowhere to sit, like you sit in your car, kind of like a drive-in type of place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I took a picture of it, and I'm sorry, I'm scrolling through my Twitter feed to get the name of the the book. I, I took a picture of it. Here we go. Um, and one of my friends said, um, uh, where is it, where is it, where is it? He says, this has real 112263 vibes. 
Oh, okay. I'm like, I don't know what that is. He's like, oh, dude, it's this Stephen King book where this guy finds this portal to travel back in time to this to this town. He's like, this place reminds me of like a restaurant that you know, a burger joint that would be in that town. And he started talking about. I'm like, well, now I got to read this. <laughs> so yeah, I yeah. Now the there's a mini series they did, and I can't remember if it was on Hulu. I think it may have been they put it on Hulu. But they did like a five part mini series about it and, mm. and, and Suzanne was enthralled with it. What oh yeah. All right. Yeah. So I have um I have put that on the list. So yeah. I have clearly got a lot to get done. Um yeah. I I don't know about you, but I so I'm using um I'm using this app called Streaks. Okay. Um, and it's basically gamification of trying to do things or not do things, um, every day. And so I, have I've started it small. Um, and my, my current streaks are get ready for the day Mm -hmm. because when you work from home, that sometimes is hard to do hard, but sometimes I roll right into here with wearing my pajamas. (laughs) So get ready for the day, walk 10,000 steps a day, which I am today on day 75 in a row of 10,000 steps, which is awesome for me. Um, and read for 30 minutes a day, which I was failing spectacularly at. So the app said, hey, maybe you should lower the amount. Uh, so mm-hmm. it suggested I, I try 15 minutes a day. So I'm trying to establish that as a habit. So I think if I did 15 minutes a day every day, I could get through quite a few of these books. Because what I find, especially if it's a book that I'm enthralled with that I really want more than 15 minutes. So once I'm going, you know, sometimes I just keep going. So anyway, Streaks is a fun app to gamify some uh, things that you want to get put in place. Yeah. But, uh, to, to, you know, one of the things I have is I have my, my Kindle on my nightstand. Mm-hmm. And I've been trying to use that as a way to force me to go to bed. Like go to mm-hmm. bed because we were talking about earlier about the, the habit of snacking at night. Mm-hmm. Like it, for me, it kicks in like clockwork. So it's almost like a, a something to draw me to bed and then lay in bed and read for 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes or whatever. And then ultimately just put me to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So to, to get me upstairs and cause once I'm at, at night, like once I'm upstairs, I'm upstairs. Like I'm not, you know, once I'm not coming back down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think those, those healthy habits are, are good to, uh, good to form yeah we'll see how many we get through here we have quite a few and and i think the i think the challenge is is that that list isn't set right <laughs> like i guarantee you someone next week is gonna mention something oh i gotta get that book now <laughs> now that's exactly is, so and that that's what happened to me with let my people go surfing mm-hmm. something else got recommended got jumped in front and then it just kind of got pushed aside so i'm like i gotta read it yeah yep yeah, well, I, I think you've got a good list put together there. And now that I've got them, Stephen King, my my favorite Stephen King book of all time uh, is is Night Shift, which is a collection of short stories. I'm gonna have to pull it out and reread mm-hmm. it again now. So I'll add that to the yeah. list as well. Yeah, um, you know, you bring up, you know, uh, reading that. Um, I I I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan. 
Mm. Love it. You know, the movies when they came out in the early 2000s pushed me to read the books, really got into it. And then last year, finally got around to reading um, The Silmarillion, which Tolkien wrote after The Hobbit, after The Lord of the Rings. And it's the universe building book in the series. Mm. So where The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings tell specific stories and you you know when you read those books that there's a much larger world. There's events that happened long before even the events that preceded the events in the book. Um, you know, there's events that happen afterward. Um, you know, there's a lot of hints in the appendices of those books. The Silmarillion is what fr- fleshes out and part it, it reads much like a history book. Mm. Um, and it tells the history of, of Middle Earth and the history of the peoples of Middle Earth, the creation of it. And it's just an in the once you get into it and believe me, it is a hard read. But once you get into it, it's a phenomenal book. And especially anybody who's fans of the, the movies, the, the Lord of the Rings books, like it just fleshes out this world and it makes this world feel so much bigger. Mm. And it's calling to calling to me to read it again. But I'm like, no, others first. <laughs> Then I'll reread that one because I do. I want to go back and, and and experience that one again. Now, are you a are you a linear reader where you can only uh, it's like I'm reading this book, I have to finish it, or do you have multiple books in in progress at any time? Depends upon my mood. Yeah. Um. I mean, I could easily have two books going at one time, but I prefer to kind of stay within what I'm reading and then move on to the next one. I prefer like linear reading. Yeah, I do too, but I'm. I'm also like, I get excited about things and I'll start it. And so I probably have like eight books that I've started, but consistently it's really, I have to finish this book before I pick up another one. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and that, that for me, like if the book doesn't catch me within the first 10 to 20 pages, I'll put it down. Like yeah. you, you got to catch me quickly. I was talking about that the other day on Twitter because I was, um, I was struggling to get through uh, a book and, and I, I asked the question because for me, I have such a hard time. It's like, I've committed to it. I have to see it through to the end. And most people are like, Nope, Nope. That's your time. If it's not clicking, put it away. But yeah. mentally I have such a hard time. It's like, no, but I made this commitment. I have to finish it as much as I don't even like reading this book. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, that's good stuff. I, I like this topic. Um, yeah, it, it's fun. It, it's, yeah. you know, like it, it, as I've been looking at the podcast, I've been seeing like, you know, when we started this out, we were like very, very specific around analytics. And and I don't want to say we strayed from it. I want to say we've grown. And, yeah. you know, we, we try, you know, I want to try to have topics that are tangentially related maybe not even related to it, but just talk about things in general. And yeah, this was, I, I, I love revisiting topics like this as well. Like, you know, what, what are you currently reading? What do you recommend to folks? Yeah, I, I like it. And, and I think it fits how we think about things, you know, that uh, it's not so clear cut, like what we do, what our, you know, we, we can't fit everything neatly into a box. And so this kind of reflects how we view the world, that it's, we're these complex people that have lots of interests and think about lots of things and that's okay. Yeah. Right. And in fact, you know, one of the things um, that I think fascinates people and, and not, not often, but every once in a while I'll have someone reach out to me and say like, I'm super intrigued by your business. Like, 
can you have 30 minutes to talk to me about what you guys are doing? And one of the questions they often ask is, you know, your content is all over the place. You know, you talk about so many different things, you know, how is that helping you from a sales standpoint? I'm like, I have no idea other than, um, one of the things that I've discovered and, and this is kind of stilling a, a bit of Simon Sinek, um, who I mentioned, I have one of his books on my reading list is that, really, and man, maybe the last four years or so, people have been buying from us um, because of our why. And mm-hmm. a lot of times, our, you know, what we talk about in our content, even if it has seemingly nothing to do with analytics, it resonates with people. And they're like, we like these guys. We want to work with them. What do you guys do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it's just it's just how we view things. And, and I think it's a great reflection of, 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 our business and how we viewed life. And um, I think it's okay that we're not so structured on it. it has to be just analytics. And, and again, I'm sure the business gurus and the content gurus are like, Oh, you're, you know, you're screwing up your sales funnel. I'm like, Oh, we don't care. We're, we're having fun. We're happy. You know, <laughs> we're doing yeah. things that, that we like. So, so what? Yeah. And, and it's kind of like that. That's again, one of the reasons why, and I, I'll report back if my assumptions are correct or not, though, the one book, the effortless experience jumped out at me is, is, you know, over the last five years or so, like it's become clear. I mean, it's obvious once it becomes clear, but like people more care, care more about how you've done something than what you've done. Um, like, so again, if we were to focus specifically on, um, what we do, analytics, optimization, people care, you know, I, I found like people care more about the approach, how you've approached it, how you work with them over say specifics, like what's the tool, you know, what, what, what are, you know, how are you doing it? It, it or not like, or it's not, what are you doing? It, it's, it's, how are you approaching it? Um, so so yeah, it's yeah. I, I, I tell the haters, I say scroll home. I I agree. I just pulled up my list because at one point in time, I got um, I got tired of people recommend. And sorry, I just pulled it up because as you mentioned that book again, I just added the effortless experience to, to the list. <laughs> nice. Because I got I got tired of you know having this great recommendations and then forgetting them. So I have this running list and um in one of my apps that is just books to read. Um, so I think I mentioned a few of them. So this is my current, like top priority weapons of math destruction. I am mine. Can't hurt me. Infinite game thinking fast and slow algorithms to live by. I just added the effortless game and I don't know how to pronounce this. I K I G A I. It's a Japanese term. Where are you going? Okay. Have fun. Um, so, uh, it, the subtitle of that one is the Japanese secrets to a long and happy life. So Ooh, that one sounds good. Yeah. Um, I K I G A I. I K I G A I G A I. Okay. I'm going to write that down. Cause you actually just made me something that uh, made me think of something that, um, uh, my brother-in-law recently recommended to, um, my wife and I, um, just because like, you know, having gone through my parents moving and my father dying, you know, last year into this year. And then, you know, my, my in-laws are starting to get older. The book of uh, the, the Swedish art of death cleaning. Mm. And he says, it's like anybody. Over- morbid. Well, no, what it is, 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 you know, like 
we have it, it, it's it's weird because we I've talked about with a few, you know several people is, is like you have this feeling of like the stuff that you've collected over your lifetime. Mm. You're assuming that your children, your family, um, your nieces, nephews, siblings are going to put the same value into the things, mm. the physical things that you've collected over the years that you do. Right. Uh, whereas they're not mm-hmm. like, especially if you look at our generation versus our parents' generation, where they collected all the stuff, our generation is trying to live much, much lighter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I'm not saying living in an empty house, but also just being more conscious of the stuff we have in, in, in the house. Yeah. So the concept of the book is, is, you know, looking at the things that you have and identifying the true things that like, when your time comes or when the time to comes to pass it down, like it's something of value that the other person's going to see. Mm. And they're not just going to see you pawning off junk or leaving right. junk for them to clean out. Right. No, it's by no means morbid. It's, it's communicating the value of the things that you th- or finding the things that you think have true value for those people. And then communicating to them. Like, I really want you to have this because for me, it's momentum memento of when we did this, mm. you know, I hope you have the same thing instead of just leaving a pile of stuff for people to assume. Why'd you leave it to me? Mm-hmm. Okay. I like that. All right. Another one goes on the list. Yeah. So, no, that, that is actually something where like my wife, I think actually already bought it again. I'm not adding anything more to my list until I get through those three. I really want to get through those three. Um, but then, um, but yeah, I think that, that that's a good personal one. And, yeah. and, and I'll, I'll say this, like my, my parents, like I, I always thought my parents kind of had things together as far as, especially when they're getting ready to move, like cleaning out the house. And we learned that even though, you know, they were making efforts to slowly pare down as they were getting ready to move. There was still a ton of crap there. Mm. <laughs> and, and it's like, it, 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 it's something to really think through. Like, cause yeah, there were a couple things that like my mom and then also my mother-in-law come to us and like, Oh yeah, you can have this when, when we move or when we do this. And we're like, kind of like, well, we, we, we don't want it. Mm-hmm. You know, ha- ha- <laughs> having that conversation, like, so not to get way, way too off topic. Yeah. No, no, it is on topic. Is on topic. Well, it's been fun. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. I hope people have some, you know, find something that that they like with this one, and would love to hear what other people have to to say. You know, the only risk there is is it's going to double or triple our list. (laughs) Yeah, no. Let's hear it. I would love to hear what um, what 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 people what 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 other people have in the the queue to read. Yeah, agreed. I would I would love that as well. I'm always. I may not get to them, you know, mm. we're, but we're collectors. We're going to collect good, good books and hopefully one yeah. day we get to them. So, yep. Cool. Awesome. All right. So we'll go ahead and wrap up there and talk to everybody later. See you. See you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of 33 Tangents. If you enjoyed what you heard, please rate and review the show on your favorite podcast aggregator so others can find us. If you would like to reach us, you can do so by emailing podcast at 33sticks.com or on the web at 33tangents.33sticks.com. 33 Tangents is a production of 33 Sticks, an analytics boutique.